You're listening to Audio, where music meets the weird, the strange, and the unusual. be a new city with streets of gold the young so educated they never grow old and there'll be no death for every breath a voice of many colors sings a song that's so bold sing it while we watch them fall hi my name is Ife Oshun and you just heard some lyrics from a song called seven which was taken from the album commonly called the love symbol album recorded by Prince and we usually play the music from a guest at this point in the show, but today's episode is not the usual format. We'll talk about Prince today, talk about his life, and focus on the life that he's had since he passed away. Three years since the reported death of Prince, there remain many unanswered questions and conspiracy theories around the circumstances of his transition. Prince Rogers Nelson would have been 61 years old this past June 7th. His appeal was, and still is, seemingly universal. It defies genres and generations. People from almost every walk of life gravitated to the essence of who he was, a musical genius who is respected by peers and audiences alike, called the Mozart of his generation, and revered by fans. Although it was no secret that the artist lived a clean life, Autopsy findings say he died of an accidental overdose of a synthetic opioid called fentanyl, which is 50 times more powerful than heroin, and the public was shocked to learn that the artist took painkillers for years to manage chronic pain. According to the New York Times, quote, Prince's associates appeared to agree that his pain stemmed from what he loved most, performing. After decades of onstage acrobatics, often in heels, Prince was known to suffer from hip pain and was said to have undergone surgery. The musician also complained sometimes of numbness in his arms and hands, possibly from banging relentlessly on the piano, end quote. And although he took painkillers to manage chronic hip pain from decades of performing, according to AP News, quote, Authorities say it is likely Prince didn't know he was taking the dangerous drug, which was laced in counterfeit pills made to look like a generic version of the painkiller Vicodin, end quote. To date, the source of those pills is unknown, and because there was no evidence showing how he got the fake Vicodin, and no evidence that he even knew that's what it was, no one has been charged in Prince's death. Also to date, his estate, estimated at roughly $300 million, is still unsettled due to unpaid taxes, unsold properties such as a Caribbean villa in Turks and Caicos, infighting amongst family members, and whopping administration costs that have surpassed $45 million, along with legal fees that have surpassed $10 million. But despite those loose ends, one thing is clear. Prince's appeal is strong, if not stronger, 
than when he was alive. His home-slash-world-class studio-slash-private-party hangout, Paisley Park, has been turned into a museum where visitors can get a glimpse into a typical day in the life of a musician's musician who played 27 instruments, released 39 albums, and had, according to reports, enough music in his fabled vault to release one album a year for 100 years and still not run out of music. According to Wikipedia, quote, Estimates of the actual number of songs written by Prince, released and unreleased, range anywhere from 500 to well over 1,000. He has released 97 singles, 34 promotional singles, 21 internet singles, and 8 internet downloads, end quote. The world knew him for legendary performances such as the Super Bowl halftime show from 2007, considered by many to be the best ever, which saw him brilliantly perform his classic Purple Rain in What Else? The Rain. His 38-year career also offered a treasure trove of devotion, mysticism, and spirituality that was evident in the lyrics of top 10 tracks, such as I Would Die For You, a song that was written seemingly from the first-person perspective of Jesus Christ. It's precisely that mystical quality, mixed with facts, that explains why the life and passing of Prince continues to generate questions and even more mystery three years after he passed away. There were a number of somewhat unusual coincidences in the wake of his death. Take Niagara Falls. While it was clear that the falls was illuminated in purple to honor the 90th birthday of Queen Elizabeth, millions took the coincidence to be a mystical sign that Mother Nature somehow conspired to pay homage to the purple one, despite the previous plans of mortal men. Also, purple skies. Many fans and publications documented purple skies in the wake of his death, hardly unusual in the case of sunrises and sunsets. Other fans across social media claim spiritual visitations and dreams by Prince. And while these coincidences don't really account for facts, they are the sentiment and feelings experienced by the grieving masses. However, the actual facts are even stranger. For example, since Prince, a devout Christian, passed away, his death anniversary has fallen on Easter. Many feel that there is a mystical significance to this due to a multitude of Christ references in some of his more popular songs, including the aforementioned I Would Die For You, where his lyrics read as follows. I'm not your lover. I'm not your friend. I am something that you'll never comprehend. No need to worry. No need to cry. I'm your Messiah, and you're the reason why I would die for you. Darling, if you want me to, I would die for you. You're just a sinner, I am told. Be your fire when you're cold. I'll make you happy when you're sad. I'll make you good when you are bad. I'm not human. I'm a dove. I'm your conscience. I am love. All I really need is to know that you believe. I would die for you. Or the lyrics from his Sign of the Times track, The Cross, which follows, Black day, stormy night, no love, no hope in sight. Don't cry, for he is coming. Don't die without knowing the cross. 
He would later change the lyric, the cross, to the Christ, to reflect his Jehovah Witness belief that Jesus was not crucified on a cross. Some people feel that Prince predicted his own death through his lyrics, as in the case of the song Sometimes It Snows in April from Prince's second movie, Under the Cherry Moon, and its accompanying soundtrack album Parade. Ironically, it is a solemn, moving tune about the murder of Prince's character, Christopher Tracy, in the film. The song was recorded on April 21, 1985, exactly 31 years before he was declared dead on April 21, 2016. Many people also point to the lyrics of one of his most famous songs, Let's Go Crazy, due to the fact that Prince's body was discovered in the elevator of Paisley Park, and in the song he talks about an elevator. The track encourages the listeners to live your best life before you die. The elevator is a force that seeks to imprison and bring one down. The lyrics go as follows. And if the elevator tries to bring you down, go crazy, punch a higher floor. The lyrics also say, are we going to let the elevator bring us down? Oh, no, let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's go nuts. Let's look for the purple banana till they put us in the truck. And the song caps off with the following lyrics. Doctor, everything will be all right. We'll make everything go wrong. Pills and thrills and daffodils will kill. Yes, some of the last video footage that we saw of Prince alive was of him walking out of his doctor's office with yet another prescription for the pills that actually did kill him. Ironically, in this song, Prince also introduces his belief that there is an afterworld. In the lyrics, a world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. Since his death, a number of psychics and mediums claim that he has been reaching out from the afterworld. I'm going to focus on four of these psychics, but there are many others too numerous to count. The criteria I use to choose who I would talk about are platform, number of views, engagement, and positive feedback. First, platform. I chose YouTube because, for me, it's easier to see whether their message actually resonates with truth when I can actually see them and what they're doing. Two, number of views. I believe you have to play a video for 30 seconds before it's counted as a view on YouTube, but in general, if there is a high view count, that tells me that enough people thought the video was worth their time to watch for however long they watched it. Three, engagement. If there are hundreds of comments below the video, that's a pretty good sign. And finally, positive feedback. If the majority of the comments are positive, meaning that many people are saying they either believe the psychic or trust the psychic, or that what the psychic is saying sounds like truth to them, or that they're feeling the same way, that is also a sign that the reading resonated with many people. By the way, you can find links to these videos as well as links to all the quotes and references in this episode in the episode's blog post on audio.com. The four psychics are Bob Hickman, Abigail Noel, Amanda Ellis, and Sloane Bella. Sessions with these psychics as well as other sessions that I saw with psychics across social media, in blog posts, and offline have one through line. They all say Prince was murdered, 
and or that his death wasn't what it was portrayed to be. Let's get started with Bob Hickman. Bob Hickman used a Ouija board to communicate with Prince. At approximately 21 minutes and 36 seconds into the video, it sounds like Prince is telling Bob that his will is or will be stolen. However, Bob doesn't seem to realize that that might be what Prince is trying to communicate to him. Scrolling down to the comments, you see multiple people basically screaming at Bob saying, hey, Prince is actually saying that his will was or may be stolen. Prince also goes on to say that the truth behind his death will be revealed. Now, this particular reading with Bob Hickman happened a few weeks after Prince passed away, and so the tone feels very raw. There's even a portion where Prince seems almost sad that he left when he did and says he wanted to write more songs. The second example is the psychic Abigail Noel. Although I personally cannot absorb Abigail Noel's presentation, her video meets the criteria. In fact, it got the most amount of views out of this group of psychics. The third example is Amanda Ellis. She uses color stones and scent energies in her readings and works a lot with the archangel known as Metatron. She's done several channeling sessions with Prince all in 2019. In these sessions, it's an ascended prince that we're hearing, and he's talking in depth. He mentions his death, but talks extensively about the future of humanity and the importance of self-expression. Amanda Ellis also identifies Prince's energy as being Pleiadian. And just quickly, for all that don't know, Pleiadians are, according to Gaia.com, quote, self-defined as a collective of multidimensional spirit beings from the Pleiades star system. The group's mission is to assist humanity with the process of spiritual transformation, end quote. And finally, our fourth psychic is Sloane Bella. She's a psychic medium astrologer who does a lot of work with celebrities who have passed away. And as of the date of this recording, she's done two channeling sessions with Prince. They focus on the magical aspects of his life here on Earth and the lessons he seems to have learned since he left the planet. Lessons regarding his own spiritual power and identity. It's interesting to note that the sessions conducted by Alice and Bella all in 2019 seem to present a prince who is eager to communicate with fans. When he was here, he referred to his fans as fam, so as not to align them with fanatics, but people that he actually cared for deeply. As mentioned, all of the readings indicate that Prince was murdered and that there are truths around the circumstances of his death that are yet to be revealed. Also, comments in all of these sessions in general reflect that a lot of people agree with these ideas and said that they too felt that he was killed and that the whole story did not come out. Comments across the board also contain many testimonials claiming Prince visited them too, and that in general, they felt a sense of peace from these occurrences. The overall public feedback seems to affirm that Prince is open to connecting with human beings whenever they need him and are open to him. More than anything, it would seem that the strongly held opinions and deep emotions of his fans, combined with a sustained interest from many casual observers who may not even have been familiar with his music, is what is driving the continued momentum behind his appeal. 
And while many say that they feel he was murdered and that those feelings are instinctual and gut reactions, those reactions are usually accompanied by facts that support the assertions. Here are some of those facts in no particular order. First fact, his legacy of living a clean lifestyle. Many knew that Prince didn't eat meat, that he outlawed swearing at Paisley Park, and was a devout Christian, a Jehovah's Witness who went door-to-door talking to fellow Minnesotans about his faith. And when other megastars would have moved to a New York or an L.A., he kept it down to earth and made his primary residence in the same city that he'd grown up in and stayed there all of his life. Despite the fact that he was unfortunately addicted to prescription painkillers, he didn't do or condone recreational drugs. His own staff showed shock when learning that Prince died of an overdose. According to The Guardian, quote, Michael Holtz, a DJ at some of Prince's Paisley parties over the last two years, was stunned at the fact that Prince hid long-term drug use. At Paisley, he said, it's always been such a clean environment. Basically, let's just say I can't even have meat on the premises because he's a vegan, he said. No one drinks or smokes either, unquote. Knowing all of this, Prince's fans quickly shut down the speculation that he was some sort of self-styled drug addict who died in a quest to get high. Another fact was Prince was known for being very business savvy, and we saw that play out during his long battle with Warner Brothers over the rights to his music and even the right to use his own birth name in connection with his music. His work ethic was the stuff of legend, with stories of how he was such a perfectionist that he would make his band rehearse for hours after a show to fix any issues that came up during the performance. Fans point to this and question why someone so obsessed with details would not leave a will. Another aspect of Prince, his charitable side, also supports this argument. According to Minnesota CBS Local News, quote, One of Prince's charities, Love for One Another, gave more than $1.5 million from 2005 to 2007, end quote. It also talks about how he supported countless local youth organizations over the years and would only ask that the recipients did not tell anybody because he didn't want the publicity. According to Fader, the charity also worked all over the United States, and he even toured in order to support the charity. Federal tax records show that the Love for One Another charity, quote, donated millions of dollars to schools, shelters, and community programs in Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, and Iowa, end quote. And also donated more to schools and organizations and facilities in Georgia, Texas, Wisconsin, and Ohio. And that was only one channel of generosity that we know of. That doesn't even count the free concert that he gave for deaf and blind youth at the height of his popularity, or the way he would pop into classrooms to visit young students, sometimes arriving on his bicycle. It was after his death that the world learned of the countless millions he'd given away anonymously. Fans point out that it seems out of character that an artist with such an interest in philanthropy and charitable giving wouldn't leave a will giving even more of his $300 million estate away to causes and charities that he cared about. 
Another fact is his outspokenness on social and political issues. Many comments on the internet claimed he was killed for being outspoken about, quote, the powers that be, unquote. They point to an episode of Tavis Smiley's talk show where Prince freely gave his opinions on chemtrails and other conspiracy theories. Along with these facts, there are other somewhat strange coincidences that people point to as if to suggest that Prince knew that he was about to leave this planet. These include cryptic social media posts such as the tweet, quote, I am hashtag transformed, end quote. This was posted to his official Twitter account on April 15. Another quote came from Instagram. It said, just when you thought you were safe. It has been talked about because it came shortly before he was pronounced dead. Many people seem to think there was some cryptic meaning behind it, while others seem to think it was referring to a promotion. Yet another weird thing happened on Twitter. This time, his avatar changed to show his third eye open while his other two eyes were closed. Some fans point to this avatar, which has been dubbed the Eternal Prince Avatar, to symbolize that he had somehow ascended to a place where all he needed was his third eye. There is also a haunting photograph of Prince wearing a shirt that features the Eternal Prince avatar. In the photo, he sits at a piano and has a series of avatars created by the same artist, all laid out behind him, symbolizing the many phases of his career. He stares intently into the camera. Fans have pointed out that the picture may have been a self-portrait, a self-portrait that was saying goodbye a picture that shows that his career was behind him and that he knew he was leaving this reality soon. There are also weird things that the man himself said, including, quote, wait a few days before you waste any prayers, end quote. This he told to the audience at his last performance, which took place at Paisley Park, after people had expressed concern over reports of his illness. He was pronounced dead five days later. Other facts include what appeared to be a mystery surrounding potential evidence. It was well known that Prince refused to use a cell phone. Therefore, all of his correspondence, including potential emails to staff regarding the pickup of those prescription painkillers that he'd been taking for years, as well as other errands and details, would have been on his laptop. According to U.S. Today, a Gmail account belonging to Prince was opened from his MacBook on April 23, 2016, quote, the day of his memorial service before law enforcement officials obtained a search warrant. After obtaining a search warrant on Prince's Google accounts, there was no information prior to April 19, 2016, according to the police report, suggesting the content had been deleted, end quote. It's no wonder that many want to know who deleted the information from Prince's laptop and why. And while trying to digest all of this, many fans also ponder the testimony of one of Prince's protégés, Judith Hill. According to the New York Times, Hill was with Prince on April 15th, the night when his plane made an emergency landing at 1 a.m., on its way from his show in Atlanta. They were heading back to Paisley Park, and Hill says they were chatting. Prince, who was exhausted on the way to Atlanta, said, 
quote, oh man, I love sleeping more. Maybe it means I've done all I'm supposed to do on this earth, end quote. Shortly after saying that, she says, he lost consciousness. Paramedics met them on the tarmac, revived him, and rushed him to a hospital. The New York Times article goes on to say, quote, In the hospital, he said, it's only by God's grace that I'm even here, she recalled. The article also says that he referred to being carried off of the plane and revived on that tarmac. Quote, he told her, I had to fight for my life. I remember hearing your voices from afar and saying to myself, follow the voices, follow the voices, get back in your body. You got to do this. And he said it was the hardest thing he'd ever done to get back into his body like that. Perhaps when alone in that Paisley Park elevator, Prince Rogers Nelson followed the voices of others to the place where he is now followed the voices that guided him to punch a higher floor, followed the voices that now surround him in the light as he seeks to communicate with all who would listen to his music and his message about who he is and what he can teach us. Rest in power, Prince Rogers Nelson. Thanks for listening, folks. Get a full transcript of this episode, along with phrases to Google, links, and more at audio.com, O-D-D-D-I-O.com. And while you're there, sign up for our official email list to get first dibs on new stuff. Also, like, subscribe, and click the notification bell on our YouTube channel for the latest videos. Audio is a registered subsidiary of Papa Grace and Oshun 55 LLC, all rights reserved.